who would do this? Well, if we look in our passage, he reminds the Israelites of all that God has done for them. In verse 9, he reminds them that God has conquered the many great and powerful nations that stood before them. He urges them, don't forget, it was the Lord that fought for you. He was the one that gave you the victory. He does not want the next generation to lose this vital principle that the victory is found in the Lord. So there were still battles to be won. There were still enemies to be defeated. So if you were Joshua, if you were giving this big speech to the people, how would you motivate them? How would you motivate the troops for the battles ahead? Well, maybe you might kind of big up the strength and the might of the Israelite army. You know, something along the lines of, you've got this, guys. You know, you can do this. You can take them down. Look how great we are. Or maybe you kind of go the other way about it. You'd kind of play down the scale of the task ahead. You'd say, you know, those enemy armies, they're not up to much. They've not got very good equipment. They're not very strong. Uh, I don't think we need to worry, really. Joshua doesn't do either of these things. He doesn't ask him to look inward. He doesn't ask them to look outward. But instead, he points their gaze heavenward. He calls them to remember the faithfulness of God. He urges them to keep their confidence in the one who has given them the victory by celebrating the victories that he's won for them and their faithfulness over their lives. How about us? When we're faced with the scale of the battle ahead, where does our gaze go? Do you look inwardly for the strength and the confidence for the battles that lie ahead? Or perhaps you kind of look out and you try and play down at the challenges that are to come. You kind of think, well, maybe it's not quite as bad as it looks. God is calling us to do neither of these things. Instead, he is calling us to fix our gaze on the faithfulness of Jesus. The writer of the book of Hebrews puts it like this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses... Now, witnesses here refers to the faithfulness of God in the lives of believers that have trusted in God. So since we're surrounded by these witnesses, let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. So are we doing this? Are we celebrating God's faithfulness to us? Do you bring to mind the victories that he's won in your life? Do you bring to mind how he has blessed you beyond what you could possibly deserve? How he's faithfully cared and shepherded you every step of the way? Let's not lose sight of all that God has done for us, his faithful hand upon each one of our lives. It's easy to get caught up in the day-to-day, on the, on the tasks ahead, on the challenges that we're facing. But we've got to look back and remember God's faithfulness. Because our perspective on the past shapes our view of what lies ahead. It shapes our view of the promises to come. Now Joshua knew that the next generation would need to live by faith in order to enter into the fullness of the blessing that God had for them. He warned them that if their trust was not in God, that it would have dire consequences. He urged them not to compromise with the culture of the nations that remained in the land, not to serve their gods or to live by their values. He warned them that if they compromised, they would not experience all the good, all the blessings that God had stored up for them, 
And ultimately, they will be exiled from the land. Ultimately, they would suffer great loss. And sadly, we find that Joshua had great experience of this. His parents' generation, the generation that had gone before Joshua, had failed to enter in to the promised land. And the reason for this was because they did not trust in God's promises. You know, the thing is, God had miraculously freed them from Egypt, freed them from slavery, done amazing things in their lives, things that they could not even have imagined. But then we find trouble comes along, and they say to Moses, the guy who had led them out of slavery, what have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than die in the desert. Joshua's parents thought that entering the promised land was impossible. They failed to believe the promises of God over their lives. Promises such as the one found in Leviticus that a hundred Israelites would rout 10,000 enemy soldiers. But we find a generation later, God did 10 times as much for Joshua and his people. In verse 10 of our passage, we're told that one Israelite routed a thousand enemy soldiers because the Lord fought on their behalf. His parents' generation thought that the nations stood against them were too great, too powerful, impenetrable for them. But in verse 9, Joshua said, The Lord has driven out before you great and powerful nations. To this day, no one has been able to withstand you. Joshua's generation took hold of the promises of God and they saw God do mighty things on their behalf. They saw great victories won by the hand of God. How about for us? Are we willing to live by faith in God? Are we willing to live radical lives that look foolish to the world, but lives that will result in great fruitfulness beyond what we could ask or even imagine? The Lord is looking for a people with a yes of faith in their hearts, a people that will take seriously the promises of God no no matter what the cost is. This is the kind of life that Joshua lived, a simple life of childlike faith in God's promises. It wasn't complicated. He just said yes to what God asked him. He took seriously and put his trust in everything that God said to him. And in verse 14, Joshua looks back at his life and how faithful God has been. And it's a beautiful, beautiful testimony of God's goodness. He says, not one of the promises the Lord your God has given you has failed. Every promise has been fulfilled. What an example for the next generation of Israelites to follow. What a man to follow after. As Joshua had followed in the footsteps of his mentor Moses, the guy who had discipled him, so he too now was a spiritual father to the next generation of Israelites. This is how God designed it to be. We're God's family, and each one of us needs mothers and fathers in the faith, those whose lives we can emulate and follow after. Now, these people don't necessarily need to be significantly older than us, but they need to be those people who inspire us to live more radical lives of faith. This is the beauty of the church, God's family, each generation providing a platform, a foundation, that the next can build upon. 
Now may I say, perhaps to those of, of my generation, we should treasure the victories won by those who have gone before us. Those people who paid a price for welcoming the Holy Spirit in new and fresh ways. Those who were perhaps misunderstood for living radical lives, looking to restore the church to the beauty that God intended it. Let's not be too quick to move on from those things, to, to chase after other things. But let's build on the foundation that's been laid for us. Let's live in the good of the victories that those who've gone before us have won on our behalf, that we can now walk in the good of those things. And to do this, we need to honour those who've gone before us. We need to learn from them. Uh, ask them to disciple us. Grab them by the arm and say, teach me what you've learned. Look to follow in the footsteps of their obedience to the Lord. Maybe you want to find someone who can do that. Find someone who can be that, that spiritual father or mother. Maybe that, that big brother or sister in the faith. Someone who inspires you to live, taking hold of all that God has for you. For God's purpose is that he wants us to enter in to the fullness of our land of blessing. He doesn't want us just to, to mess around on the edge of it, but he wants us to live in the good of our salvation. He longs for us to live in the fullness of all that he has for us, all that he has for you, every single promise that is over your life. He longs for you to put your trust in his faithfulness, to enter in by putting your faith in him for all that he has. So practically, what steps can we take to do this? What can we do to practically do this? Joshua gives us two points of application. First of these is found in verse 6. He says, Be careful to obey all that is written in the book of the law of Moses without turning aside to the right or to the left. So that's the word of God. Now the word of God is the compass for our life. It's the compass for your life containing life-transforming promises from God. In verse 14, Joshua describes what our relationship with God's word should look like. He says that knowing God's promises with all your heart and all your soul. Knowing God's promises with your heart and your soul. So this means not rushing over those promises that are found in his word, but instead keeping them in our hearts and in our minds. We need to let the word of Christ dwell in us richly, saturating ourselves in his promises, chewing over them, reminding ourselves of them, reminding one another of them, encouraging one another with the promises that we can take hold of, that we can live by and stand in the good of. Let's take seriously God's promises to us, for the words of God are powerful and effective. And his promises, they will not return to him void, but they will accomplish the purpose that he's set out for them. They will accomplish what he's intended. Now, the truth, and the one thing, if you want to take hold of one thing from what we're looking at today, is this, that God's faithfulness to his promises is supremely displayed at the cross. Every single promise points to the cross, and every promise that's still to come flows from that place of the cross of Christ. Paul in 2 Corinthians tells us that for no matter how many promises that God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken to us 
by the, to the glory of God. So the cross of Jesus forever demonstrates God's faithfulness in your life. The cross is what every promise is pointing towards. And from it flows the power for every promise to come. It is the ultimate display of God's faithfulness. If you want to know God's faithfulness, look to the cross. Look to him. And I feel perhaps to speak to those who who look back at their lives and, and struggle to see God's faithfulness. You might look back and think, I just can't see God's hand at work in that situation, in that moment of my life. Those who perhaps have been wronged by others, who struggle to reconcile these things with how uh, God is a faithful father. Perhaps those who've suffered abuse, who've suffered, uh, suffered things that they should never have had to go through, and now struggle to see how that means that God was faithful in that moment. Let me tell you, God has such compassion for you. He has such love for you. He cares for you so much. And that love that he has is what led him to the cross. It's what led him to go to that place. Now, we all know that the cross deals with the sin that we've committed, with the sins that we've done as sinners. But did you know the cross also deals with sins that have been committed to us, where we've been the victim, where we've been the one that have suffered? At the cross, the victim of pain, the victim of abuse, finds freedom, finds cleansing for their soul. Now, the book of Zechariah contains a powerful promise in this regard. It tells us that at the cross, God would open up a fountain that would wash away the impurity and the shame that we carry. So at the cross, the blood of Jesus cleanses the victim of sin from uncleanness. It cleanses us from the shame that is associated with this. The blood of Jesus washes us white as snow and he clothes us with his robe of righteousness. At the cross, we perfectly see God's faithfulness over our lives. His banner of faithfulness is found from the cross over your life. We perfectly see his faithful, perfect, sacrificial love at the cross. It is the defining demonstration of God's faithfulness to you. Let me encourage you today, if you need to come back to the cross, if there's moments of your life you can't reconcile with God's faithful hands, come to him. His promise is that a bruised reed he will not break, but he will gently receive you. As a father receives his child with such delight, he will come and gently restore you, gently bring hope, gently bring healing, restoration. Bring those things where where you need freedom. Bring them to him. Let him come and wash away everything, all the muck, all the stuff of life that can just hang around, that can linger around. Bring it to him. He longs to, to draw near to you today. Come to the cross. Come to him. So that's the the first encouragement of Joshua. The first thing is to come to the cross. Come to his faithfulness. Come to the, the word of God. 
And I'll finish with this. Joshua's second application for us, which is found in verse 11. Joshua urges the people, be very careful to love the Lord your God. Jesus described this instruction as the greatest command, the greatest thing we can do with our life. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Did you know, above all, the Lord is after relationship with you? He's after your heart. He's after your love, your affection, because of the love and affection he has for you. 1 Corinthians tells us, even if we have faith that can move mountains, but we do not have love, then we're nothing. When we think of God's promises, when we look and read the promises of God, we must not separate the promises from the promise giver. All of his promises point to him. They point to us to a relationship with him. Everything flows from that place. Joshua knew that this was the most important instruction he could give the Israelites. Everything hinged from this. And it's the same for us. Our love for the Lord is of primary importance. There is nothing more important we can give ourselves to. Nothing more important that we can do with our lives. Jesus is the vine and we're the branches. And as we abide in him, that's the place where fruitfulness flows where we see God's moving, where we see fruitfulness come into our life. Our love and obedience flows from that place of relationship with him. Today, Jesus longs to lead you into an ever deeper experience of his love for you. He longs to lead you into a deeper and more precious experience of that love, of all that you have in him. Today, will you give yourself to that? Will you open your heart afresh to him? Today, will you resolve to enter into the fullness of all that God has for you? Will you remember and celebrate God's faithfulness over your life? Will you come and take hold again of the promises that he's got for you? Will you live by faith in the promises that he's spoken over your life, of the promises that you find in his word? Will you keep them in your heart and mind? Will you trust that he uh, will make them accomplished? That no word will return to him void, but he will accomplish that which he's purposed in your life. Well, if I could invite the band to come back up and shall we respond together? Uh, If I could invite you to stand as well, let's just take a moment to, to fix our eyes on Jesus together, to fix our eyes on him. So yeah, if you want to stand, let's just look to Jesus. Look to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, I just believe today there's there's those here where they've lost sight of uh, perhaps of the promises that God's spoken over their lives. Promises that, that were once very precious to them. Maybe a promise from the Word of God or a, a prophetic promise that that did once shape your life, that once was kind of almost a compass point for your life. And just today, God wants to just uh, restore that over you. Again, to draw your attention to it. To bring it again as kind of that compass point over your life. So maybe there's a, there's a promise you've got that has, has grown really quite dim in your heart or has been 
put away in kind of a dusty cupboard. And God's just encouraging you now to dust that down, to bring it back to him, to offer your heart again to him in faith. So maybe I'll just pray, but maybe in in your heart and mind, just bring that to the Lord. Offer your heart to him again. Lord Jesus, thank you for your promises over our life. Thank you, Lord, that you are so kind, so good to us. Thank you for your faithfulness displayed in the cross. Thank you that we never have to doubt your goodness. We never have to doubt your faithful, compassionate love because we can look to the cross. And Lord, we come again to you. We come afresh to you. We bring those promises that might have grown faith in our hearts. And we ask now, Lord, blow again, Holy Spirit, blow again on those promises. We step out again in faith to you. We put our our trust afresh in you for those promises. Lord, let them again be that compass for our life. Let them again be that guiding star for our life. Thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you for your faithfulness to your promises. Thank you that every promise is yes and amen in Christ Jesus. We come to you. Come to you, Lord. just feel for, for Sam, for Sam Cox, for you, mate, just that, that God wants to just, uh, again, just ring that kind of, that trumpet of, of proclaiming the gospel in your life. He just wants to, again, for you to just come with that promise of, of believing for your friends to come to him. He wants you to just come and go afresh, go again, put out your net again, because he's got a great kind of harvest for you. He's got a great catch for you. That's over your life. Great fruitfulness over your life. So just come afresh to him. Thank you, Lord. 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 Yeah, just feel for Jacinta, for you that that God's uh, just written something really, a beautiful story of your life, that uh, just feel the word mother for you, that God's called you to be a mother in the Lord and not to, to forget that or to let anyone look down on you because you're young, but to, just to be that mother to those that he brings to you, to, to the lost, to the broken, to the hurting, uh, that these are the, the purposes that he's got for you, just to, to trust in him and, and you'll see him do things beyond what you could could, could uh, possibly ask. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Okay, mate. Yeah. But Sim, Jacinta, I just, I, bless you guys. Um, there's, in Genesis 1, it talks about um, God hovering over the waters. Yes. And yes. God, um, out of that place, he brings order yes. out of chaos. Thank you, Lord. And that, that's what God does. Yes, thank you. Um, that's, that's who God is. That's what God does. He brings order out of chaos. And what, what seemed 
I mean, that must have been a horrible place. <laughs> there was no order. There was no life. There was no fullness, no goodness, no, um, no life. And yet God brought order out of it. And I, as I had that word and I just felt that was for you guys, to, that, that God's doing that with you and that he, that's his heart for you, that he will do that through you and in you. And that as difficult as it that, that might see to see that maybe in life at times, that's what God is doing. That's what God's doing. Sense that God would also want to reassure you that He's that the one who's doing that is your father, and that you're His daughter, you're His son. That he is affectionately bringing order out of chaos. Lord Jesus, bless these guys, we pray. Bless them in Jesus' name. Yeah, Jesus, we come to you. Holy Spirit, we, we just ask that you would uh, come now, fix our gaze on you again, blow again on our hearts. Thank you, you're a healer, you're a restorer. Thank you, you've come to bring restoration to us so that we can bring restoration to others. You're so kind to us, so good to us. Come, Holy Spirit, we love you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Yeah, Liz, Liz Porter, I just feel God's just uh, turning up the volume in your life of, of his voice. Uh, that he's just, uh, just turning up the volume that you can hear him loud and clear. And uh, as you've cried out to him, as you've... you've just love to hear him, that he's just turning up the volume, that you can hear him and, and see what he's doing and just see more the, the beauty of his words that he wants to speak through you. Not to hold back, just to, just that wonderful boldness that you have. Don't, don't lose it, but just he wants to take it to another level of, of hearing and speaking and just that kind of to and fro of just you hear his voice and you speak it and you say it and just uh, something beautiful there. Thank you, Lord. Should we just respond to Jesus now as, as the band just lead us and just let's just look to him. Let's just allow him to, to speak to your heart, allow him to, to gently just lead you to the cross, to lead you to that that place where he, he just ushers you in uh, to his presence, ushers you close to him. Thank you guys. Oh. Tim. 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 Yeah, um, since, since I had the, the tongue that kicked this all off, because, <laughs> well, first things first, I love that God works best in team, because I've been thinking for a while that kind of, <laughs> this has turned into two different things, but hey, I'll go with it, um, that a lot of, when I see God working best, he worked through people, he works in a tag team, 
So like often I bring something, say Johnny or Eve or another that God's working through brings something and they just build on each other. And that has been the sense of today that God is working in team because he is in his very nature communal. So yeah, I guess take from that work together, but work together and show him best as we are more united than than humanly possible because it's done by his spirit but the other thing that I had as I as literally as I was sharing a tongue I don't usually get interpretations but I couldn't get the words that I'm about to sing sorry I, I don't yeah but I feel it's a it's a song to sing over us and over myself Oh, to rest in all that you are. 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 To rest in all that you are, or 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 to rest in all that you are. Oh, 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 to rest in all that you are. 